once again, folks, and welcome back to another edition of the CIAC cast. Happy to have you along with us once again today. My name is Joel Cookson. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus over the holiday season, and now we're moving into January, but been way too long since we've had a CIAC cast for you, so we apologize for the hiatus, but we are happy to be back and happy to be chatting about some interesting things going on in the world of high school sports. We've got some great guests lined up for you this time. I'm excited to uh, to have these folks on. So as we look towards the winter season, we're now halfway through January, so really into the heart of the winter season, but wanted to turn the calendar back to 2014, at least for one edition of the CIAC cast, and recap some of the kind of, some of our favorite stories from the fall championship season. So we're going to Talk to Alex Ostberg, the student-athlete uh, cross-country standout from Darien High School. We're going to get in touch with Sandy Booth, the coach of the Portland High School girls soccer team, to talk about his team's success at the CIAC Championships. And then we're going to talk to Sean Patrick Boley of the New Haven Register to recap the 2014 high school football season in Connecticut. So that's what we've got on tap. Should be a lot of fun. We're going to turn the calendar back to 2014, at least for the next half half hour to 45 minutes or so, and then I think in the coming weeks we will certainly uh, refocus the the podcast on what's happening in the 2015 winter season. Certainly got to dig in to all kinds of great stuff going on there. So that's what's on tap for this edition of the CIAC cast. As always, we're going to kick things off with things you might have missed, but before that, of course, it's a new year, but the message remains the same from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation, and that is to say no to distracted driving. We We've talked about this all the time on the podcast. We hope that you're uh, listening to this podcast in any venue, including in the car with your, your mobile device. But be sure, just press play and then put the phone away. Distracted driving, certainly not worth it, not worth the risk, not worth uh, what it could cost you. And uh, our friends at the Department of Transportation remind you that sending or receiving a text can take a driver's eyes off from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds, which if you're driving at 55 miles per hour, that's the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field blind. So please do not text and drive. Drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. That's all it takes is just one mistake in that area. Please do not be the one to make those mistakes. We encourage all of you to just keep that phone plugged away. So that's uh, that message. And as always now, we move on to things you might have missed on CICsports.com. It's been a little quiet there at uh, CICsports.com. One thing we have posted as we head into the heart of the winter season, the CPTV Sports winter broadcast schedule. Still a lot of games coming up on the CPR, the CIC partner CPTV Sports. Some great boys and girls basketball, some great ice hockey. So CIAC Sports has a listing of all the games being shown and their first airing as well. So we encourage you to check that out as well. For our school members out there listening, the 2015 Scholar Athlete Banquet uh, is starting to come up on us quickly, and schools are asked to submit their information for that event, one of the, the best events that the CIAC puts together all year, really a, an outstanding time that takes place uh, in early May. So hope folks will take the time to submit all their information in a timely fashion for that event as well. We've got a few uh, honors that uh, have been recognized in CIACsports.com, Granby Memorial Senior Casey Hunt was recognized by Max Preps, earning All-America status in girls' volleyball. We've got a story on that on CICsports.com. And then, of course, Tournament Central. All of the fall tournaments recapped in all of their glory on Tournament Central. And as well, we've turned things over as well to the winter season. You can find all of the schedules for the postseason tournaments, the rankings, where everybody stands right now as we are into now the middle of January. And that's where you'll be able to get all of your winter tournaments information there as well. So just a few things that you might have missed on CICsports.com as we, as I said, roll along into the winter sports season. Certainly feels like the winter sports season outside, and uh, we're, we're really looking forward to some great tournament action coming up in the next few months. With all that said, of course, as always, you can follow us on Twitter 
at CIAC Sports. That's a great way to keep track of everything that's going on. Lots of information, lots of updates provided there. You can also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. And we always encourage you to send in emails to the CIAC cast. The email address is CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. Love to hear from you. Things you'd like covered, things you'd like us to discuss here on the, the podcast. What would we uh what could serve you as we, we talk about various topics heading into the winter season with all that said now let's get into our guests and this is uh i believe just the second student athlete we've ever interviewed on the ciac cast always like to uh to not bother those folks who are so busy but uh in this case when we were looking back on the fall the fall championship seasons one thing that uh, really stood out to me and, and and was worth delving into a little bit more was the tremendous performances of Alex Osberg of Darien High School. So we wanted to get in touch with him and get his perspective on everything that took place this fall. Very happy to have on the phone with us now Alex Ostberg, a senior standout runner from Darien High School. As I mentioned to him as we were chatting, he believe he's just our, our second student athlete to join us on the CIAC cast, but he had such a great fall, we wanted to check in with him. So Alex, thanks very much for being with us. Thank you. All right. We're very happy to uh, to be chatting with you and, and talking about the just remarkable cross-country season that you put together uh, for the Blue Wave. So wanted to kind of start things off. Obviously, you know, as a senior, you've put together a, you know, a real strong career for three years. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, kind of heading into your senior year, you have sort of that summer of, of training and, and getting ready for that senior year. What were sort of your what was your preparation like for the season and what were your expectations heading into the year for yourself? Sure. So I think uh, my outdoor track season ended on a really high note because um, in mid-June, I actually won um, the national championship in the 5K running 14-16. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was a, that was a huge PR, um, and I bested my time by almost a minute. So I was kind of coming on to the, you know, the summer months with, with a lot of momentum. Yeah. And um, just having won that race kind of got me excited for you know, the upcoming cross-country season because I've always felt that my strength has been in the longer distance events and obviously cross country focuses more on the strength and endurance endurance aspect of it. Um, so, you know, uh, just kind of going into the summer, you know, my goals and, um, expectations were I, I just wanted to perform really well on the national level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, um, there are so many meets that we run, um, both in state and, uh, some invitationals nearby, um, with great competition. So I wanted to kind of, um, have a very consistent season at a high level, not just at the national championship, but sure. also, you know, at, at my conference meet, at the class all meet, and then at the open meet, which I did. So I'm extremely proud um, that I was able to perform consistently, um, almost on a weekly basis at times, um, because we were racing so much yeah. uh, throughout the season. So that was a uh, that was really cool for me. Yeah, so let's, uh, I want, if, you, if you're, uh, it will indulge us, kind of t- break down a few of those uh, sort of more mem- memorable races that I know uh, fans of, of cross country uh, across the state will certainly remember. Um, you know, I think, as you said, you, were, you managed to, to have that pretty consistent success throughout the year, but it seemed like mm-hmm. once we got into the championship season is, you know, when you really started putting on some performances that, that caught people's attention, kind of starting with, yeah. as you mentioned, the, the FCAC championship where you, uh, right. you ran a course record time there. So what was you sort of, um, you know, anything kind of changed at that point where, you know, you really kind of were able to, to sort of maybe take it to that, ne- that next level, or was it just a buildup sort of of the training throughout the fall? I think it was a little bit of a combination for, uh, of both things. Um, in September, uh, it was a pretty crazy month for me because I was going on official visits for college almost every weekend. Sure. Um, so um, just piling on official visits, school and racing was very difficult. So my coach and I kind of were very deliberate in our race plans, and we were thinking, you know, it would be better to hold back a little bit now, um, and that is, you know, like September and early October, um, just because my body, I was dealing with a lot, and I didn't want to put too much stress on myself. But by the time um, the FCI championships came around, I had actually already committed to Stanford, so that was a big relief, and I was just really excited. So um, at that point in time, I kind of turned the corner, and I was like, okay, I've put in a lot of great work in terms of training, and now the races are going to start coming together. Um, and that's kind, of, that's kind of what happened from there on. I think uh, my mentality probably changed a little bit from, um, you know, the, the local meets are, are great experience, and, and they're, they're good, um, you know, they're, they're good to the team. 
But, um, you know, when you start to get to the, the more high-caliber meets, I think you just become more focused and more um, ready to execute a, a good race plan. Sure. And that's kind of what I did starting at the FCI Championship. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, as we said, got to put a just a great performance and a record-breaking uh, course record performance there. And then mm-hmm. sort of moving on to Wickham Park, which you kind of made your, your personal playground for a couple weekends in a <laughs> row, yeah. uh, you know, uh, in, the, in the fall. So we had the, the Class L Championship, which you won, and then the, the race that I think a lot of people uh, really just kind of stood up and, and took notice at was the Open Championship yeah. where you, you broke 15 minutes there. What can you sort of tell us about that race uh, and how it played out for you at the Open Championship? Sure. So I think a lot of times um, you kind of have your best races when you're not expecting it. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those days. I think when you put too much pressure on one particular race, um, sometimes you can start to psych yourself out and, you know, that just becomes difficult. So the Open, um, I was really planning on trying to go for a sub-15 performance at New England. Uh, But, you know, the Open Championship, it was a nice, you know, overcast day probably like 55 degrees the ground was pretty firm it wasn't soft you know we hadn't gotten much rain so you know we get to the course in the afternoon and and i kind of did a, a shakeout run when i got to the course um and you know i was feeling good and it was one of those times when uh you know everything kind of came together the gun went off it went out fast and uh you know there's some certain checkpoints along the course where you know my coach will give me my time and like my split so having run Wickham many, many times, mm-hmm. um, and actually just the week before that, um, I, I kind of had a good feel for um, what the times meant in context of, you know, where I'm at and where can I finish. So there came a point um, during the state open where my coach told me I was um, 16 seconds faster than the previous week, where I was in 1521. Right. So I think internally that just kind of motivated me um to say listen i can i can take up five more seconds i know i can do that and you know i think um making those decisions um in the middle of the race especially when i was running more by myself i wasn't really running with competition it was more of like a almost like a time trial atmosphere mm-hmm. um but i had done so many hard workouts by myself and and so um you know just just uh i had done so much to prepare myself uh, mentally and physically for just competing against myself and 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 really trying to run to the best of my ability. So, it was, like I said, it was just one of those times where things came together, and I wasn't really expecting to break 15, but I was like, you know, I'm not, I might not get the opportunity to do this again, because, uh, you know, what if it was raining at New England, or maybe the, cor- the course wouldn't be in that good shape. So right. I just kind of seized the opportunity, and uh, and I had a, a really memorable performance there. That's, that's definitely one that I'm not going to... I won't forget that anytime soon. Yeah, no, I, and I think uh, certainly uh, I, I'm not sure the the record book will be uh, will be changing anytime soon there either. But <laughs> Maybe uh, not. Um, you know, and you sort of talk about you know the obviously the success there, and then you go on and, and win the New England meet the the next weekend, and then to mm-hmm. the the regional uh, Footlocker Championships in in New York, where you also uh, earn the win and and get the ability to uh, and qualify to go on to the nationals in in San Diego. Are you sort of, right. Were you able to kind of, you know, enjoy any of these things as they were happening, or do you feel like just kind of because there was always another meet coming up that they all sort of blended in and blurred together a little bit for you? Were you able to sort of, you know, at least slow down enough to, to kind of recognize what you were uh, accomplishing as you were going along? Um, you know, I think uh, yes and no. Um, now that we're kind of beyond the cross-country season, just reflecting on it, um, I really start to kind of appreciate um, the performances and the races now a little bit more. I think when when you're in the midst of a season, um, you're just so focused and you're just you're just focused on improving and you're focused on you know the next race that sure. sometimes it's hard to take a step back and really appreciate what you've done. Yeah. So for me, um, I think I, it really started to set in, you know, those last couple races, and I'm talking like uh, from the state open uh, to the New England meet to the regional meet to the national meet that, you know, these are my last couple cross-country races. This is it. Yep. And uh, obviously I have uh, a lot more to go in college, but, uh, you know, uh, I really didn't, I, you know, once I started to get to the, the postseason, I started to sink in that, you know, this is it. So in some sense that was motivating. Um, um, you know, in some sense it was, you know, it's a little bit sad to think about that, yeah. you know, how, you know, you don't have much more time left. You know, I wish I was only a junior and I had another season, but, at the same time, I was extremely lucky to perform well as a junior the year before. So kind of everything had been building up to the senior year, and it definitely was motivating um, 
at that time, and and now even now it's great to reflect on it. So. Yeah. No, it's been well, a great, yeah, it's been a great experience. Glad to hear you were able to uh, to at least uh, you know get get the chance to reflect on it a little bit and uh, and enjoy mm-hmm. it. So uh, in that vein, obviously you then go on to uh, compete at the the national meet uh, in in California uh, where you were right. able to finish ninth. Talk a little bit about sort of what that experience was like, both the race and just sort of the atmosphere and kind of the experience of that race. Sure. So uh, one of my favorite parts of just going to any national meet is just. Um, you know, you're surrounded by so many fantastic athletes, and, you know, they've done, they've put in the work, you know, they've made the sacrifices to, to get to the national meet, and we're all kind of very similar in that aspect, because we all uh, appreciate the sport and understand, um, you know, obviously we all have some degree of talent, but it's, it's ultimately hard work that's going to get you to, to nationals, so just being there around so many people with a similar interest is great, and that kind of sums up the atmosphere, because, uh, there's, you know, I just so many, you know, so many people with a common interest. It's, it's great to be um, just surrounded by them and and to spend the weekend with them was great. Um, the race itself was, was kind of interesting. It was obviously a a much different um, atmosphere, obviously a much much different level of competition that mm-hmm. I faced, um, you know, throughout any part of the year. Right. So kind of going in, I, I think I was ready for that. I actually I'd been dealing with a little bit of an injury that had kind of flared up around the re- a little bit before the regional meet. So I wasn't quite as confident as I had been earlier in the season because my training, you know, I had a couple of hiccups in my training and it wasn't going quite as smoothly, but right. I kind of wanted to just forget that and and you know, my mentality was just go out there and race as best as I possibly can and whatever the result is, I'll live with it because I I wanted to just know that when I crossed the line, I completely maxed myself out. Yeah. So, I think that's exactly what I did. I I put myself in contention to you know, to fight for the title. Um, and the, there were just some guys on that day that were better than me, and, and they had a great finish. I think the deciding factor was there's a hill the second time on the course, and um, that hill will either make the race or break it for yeah. you. So for me, it was it was a struggle um, the last, like, 600 meters, and I think that's because my, you know, my training, because it hadn't been as consistent at that point in time, I lost a little bit of, of my aerobic base. Um, that's where those other people were kind of able to capitalize on the rest of the competition and yeah. kind of take it from there. So, yeah. But, you know, overall it was a fantastic race, and I don't think I can be ashamed of a, a top-ten finish no. in my nationals. So uh, I was really proud of that. Yeah, well, I don't think so either. And, uh, and earning All-America honors is, uh, is an out, just an outstanding way to, uh, to end, as I said, what was just a, for, for those of us able to kind of, uh, you know, impartially sit back and watch everything you uh, accomplished this year. It was uh, a great capper to that. So, um, Thank just, you. I wanted to, you know, and something that's been, um, I, I can personally say I've, uh, I came into this job just three years ago, but I sort of feel like I've come into the middle of this, uh, just incredible run of success for Connecticut high school cross country runners, both, uh, on the boys sure. side and the girls side. It just seems that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, we're in sort of, a a peak era here of, uh, of Connecticut high school cross country. And I was just curious from, from your perspective, if you think there's anything sort of specific that you, you know, see that's maybe led to this kind of wave of success, uh, both, you know, in terms of record breaking performances in state and then along as well, uh, you know, on the national level that the, that Connecticut has kind of been putting together over the past few years. Sure. I think, um, I guess the best answer to that is I think uh, great competition just feed, you know I think we feed off one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me last year I gained such valuable experience racing against Christian Alvarado and Trevor Hopper. Um, they're both they, they both graduated last year, but they were two fantastic runners. Both of them uh, went to nationals and did very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Alvarado actually ended up being a national champion in the mile uh, later, or actually um, in the spring last year. So right. he was a fantastic runner. And then on the girls' side too, you have Hannah DeBalzi who's absolutely tearing up the record books, and mm-hmm. then she was competing with Claire Howlett last year. So I think there's just, um, I think just, just the great competition is, uh, it motivates people, and it, it just motivates you to work harder. Um, and I think just the whole state, um, I think we're just kind of rallying, and uh, I think we have, uh, I mean, even the FCI conference itself, where, where I'm from, um, is extremely strong. I think there were something like more than 10 all Americans from the out, uh, New Balance Outdoor Nationals last year in track, right. which is absolutely incredible. So yeah. it's great to have um, just the competition and uh, just locally, you know. And I think, um, yeah, I think I think we're all 
I think we've all been inspired by, you know, I feel like the the great generation of Connecticut runners started when I was a freshman, or at least that's how I see it, with mm-hmm. Henry Wynn and Connor Rogg. Um, yeah. They both did some amazing things, and I think we've just kept going. And I, I feel like I'm lucky to say that I'm, you know, I've been a part of that, too. So yeah. it's been great. It has been. It's been a lot of fun to uh, to to watch all of the success, both you know, as we said, the records being broken in state, and then the success that uh, Connecticut runners have, have had at these national meets. So I'll uh, mm-hmm. I'll wrap this up with one final question. You mentioned uh, you know the the Open Championship and and sort of that uh, that memory that you're going to have, but uh, just sort of uh, you know on the the broad perspective, what do you think? you know, of this kind of senior season that you were able to put together in cross country, what do you think are going to be kind of the lasting uh, memories or memory for you uh, when you're, when you're able to look back on it with a little reflection? Hmm, That's a great question. I think just the season as a whole, um, just kind of solidified for me, like what it means to, to work hard and, and, and what you can get out of hard work. I think um, at the Allstate banquet, my junior year, I heard a, a fantastic quote by one of the speakers. He said, uh, he said, uh, spectacular performances always preceded by unspectacular preparation. And I kind of took those words to heart. And um, especially in the summer, like we talked about earlier, uh, you know, I was literally every day. Um, if, if I wasn't out running, I was doing strength training. If I wasn't doing strength training, then I was working on flexibility and mobility. If I wasn't doing that, then I was doing research on the competition. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it didn't completely consume my life, but <laughs> it was a big part of it. And I think I've kind of made running a big part of uh just the life that i live and it's, it's definitely a lifestyle now yeah so um you know the cross-country season like i said it just um it was great for me to to go out there and kind of prove what i was capable of because um, you know i've had obviously you know i've had a great high school career but you know there have been setbacks and and you know i feel like sometimes i, I wasn't completely able to to show everyone what I was capable of. But for the first time in cross-country, I was healthy, um, at least in the beginning of the season through the middle of the season. And um, it was just great for me to go out there and uh, and run fast and, you know, hopefully run some times that, w- that will be standing for a while, you know. And uh, it's just great to, to be mentioned, uh, you know, in the same sentence as, like, great runners such as, like, Edward Cheserick and Don Cabral, um, you know, because Don Cabral was uh, – he was an Olympian in 2012 and right. uh, broke his course record at, at Wickham. He, he still has some pretty good track times um, <laughs> that I haven't gotten yet, but maybe I'll be able to get that uh, in, in track this year. So, you know, it's been great, and uh, I'm, I'm really uh, – I'm just proud of the season as a whole, and, uh, you know, it was just so fantastic to have all the support along the way from my coaches and teammates and uh, parents, family, friends, teachers. It's, it was absolutely unbelievable. I think so many people um, – you know, just coming back from the national championship, like all of my teachers practically watched the race, and I didn't even tell them about it. Right. I, I didn't tell them about the live stream. So I think just so many people here in Darien are so supportive of, of our program, and, and my coaches are absolutely fantastic, and obviously my students have been supporting me the whole way. So just to kind of show them and, and, and compete for my town and, and uh, school and family and, and everyone was, was really great. Well, it, uh, it it certainly was uh, was fun to watch, and uh, and I know we're all looking forward to to see what the indoor and uh, and outdoor track seasons are are going to bring. And uh, I, I'm not sure anyone would be betting against you to uh, to take a <laughs> shot at some of uh, we'll Don's records coming up. So, Alex, uh, congratulations uh, on a great great uh, senior cross country season, and uh, and best of luck in the winter and and the spring. And thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks so much to Alex for taking the time to talk with us. Man, what an impressive young man he is, and uh, really appreciate him uh, getting into uh, what what took place for him this fall, all of the impressive performances, and really looking forward to see what else happens. We do have just a remarkable uh, slate of of track and field and cross-country athletes in Connecticut right now and really looking forward to see what they can put together as we head into the indoor track season and then the outdoor track season as well. One of the other big stories of the fall championship season, the Portland girls soccer team and their improbable run to a Class S championship. We wanted to get the full story on that, so we reach out to their head coach, Sandy Booth, to talk to us about what that team was able to accomplish in the CIAC tournaments. 
Joined on the phone now by Sandy Booth, who is the head coach of the Portland girls soccer team that uh, put together a, an impressive championship run in the Class S girls soccer tournament this past fall and wanted to chat with him a little bit about that, uh, that remarkable postseason stretch for his team. So, Coach, thanks very much for being with us. Uh, you're very welcome. So wanted to uh, to dive into this. We, as I said, I'm um, kind of recapping some of the the stories that really stood out to me from this past fall. And uh, and I know after the the championship weekend, when all of the soccer champions were crowned, the the one thing that really stood out to me was the the impressive run that your girls went on uh, entering the tournament uh, as basically the last qualifying team, and then uh, making your your third straight run to a championship game and, and claiming your third or your first uh, solo title. So starting kind of backing up all the way back to the to the regular season um you know what was sort of the mindset of your team even just trying to kind of close the the regular season in such a way that you would qualify for the tournament what was kind of the the mindset or was there anything that really sort of sparked that run that that even got you into the postseason in the first place well i think what really sparked it was the disappointment of our regular season record Mm -hmm. Uh, we started the season uh, we had a great. We graduated a great group of seniors, and the players returning wanted to make what I've been saying all along is their own mark on the program. Uh, we started the season. We got hit with two injuries right off the bat. Uh, from summer training, we lost us one of projected starting forward, and then in the third practice, we lost the other starting forward uh, for our offense mm-hmm. uh, to a concussion for the season. Yeah. So. Uh, we started. We had to start re-scrambling uh, the lineup and trying to adjust to compensate for those two losses. And yeah. we got off to a pretty good start initially. Uh, then the injury bug and sick sick bug hit us. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, one game against Morgan. I think we were down six starters from uh, our projected start of the season. So uh, kind of spiraled, not out of control, but spiraled down and. We adjusted our our goals to getting into the state tournament. Right. Uh, we were try- competing with the Shoreline. We were hoping to be able to compete for the Shoreline tournament, but uh, with the injuries and illness that we ran into, that wasn't possible. And we took it one day at a time to get to that number six, six wins and a tie that you need to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we got in, we focused on uh, readjusting and preparing for our, our tournament run. Was that was that something that you you know you consciously talked to the girls about that uh, that refocusing you know sort of the goals to say you know look we we've yeah. had some setbacks and and this season hasn't quite uh, gone the way maybe we planned so let's kind of to readjust the goals was that a you know a conscious discussion that you had with the team? Yeah, it was. Uh, usually, uh, once we got to midway point and it became apparent we wouldn't be able to compete for the Shoreline title, uh, we fixed our goal on let's you know we need to make sure we get in the state tournament and uh we took it one game at a time it's uh, i didn't want our our group to be focused at the last game it's just we have two games you know four games remaining we need one we need the next one right get get in and you know we were fortunate we qualified with two games remaining and then we went ahead and unfortunately didn't win those last two games either so yeah you know it was uh uh, it was trying for the girls. Uh, we had the skill, uh, but you know sometimes you get the injuries and some illnesses go around. And things don't work out the way you plan. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Um, so sort of talk about, you know, now what you got into the tournament, you you qualified. As I said, the you know if you look at the the seating, the basically the. The, the last team to qualify in terms of that record what was sort of the you know the the goal focus at that point how did you reset the team and sort of say you know all right now now let's see what we can do was was that did you feel like the team had that kind of confidence that you know okay we're in we can make a run or, or what was the mindset like at that point um i think it was you know thank god we got in mm-hmm. uh we had a little bit of time off so uh, we had the last week of the season off for our league tournament, so we gave the girls a couple of days off, uh, then brought them back and started working hard. And uh, once the brackets were released, we thought we had a pretty good shot at getting pretty far into the tournament. Mm-hmm. We matched up well with the first couple teams we drew and thought we could at least make a good run to the quarter quarterfinals. And you know, I told the girls that. And 
they looked at the schedule and they said, yes, we can coach. Uh, and we just worked very hard. Uh, what it allowed us to do is uh, we got healthy. Yep. Uh, and we're able to not have to keep moving players around to cover holes because of the injuries or illness that we're, we're, we're going through. And we lengthened our bench. So players were able to focus on one position. Uh, they knew they had a quality substitute coming in for them, and they knew they were going back in. So they just worked very hard with that. We lengthened our bench to 14 players, and uh, the girls bought into it. Uh, they had a lot of fun with the first game. We were able to, you know, get by Parashell, uh, and then they started to really say, hey, we can make a decent run here. Yeah. And it's just no ball from there. Yeah, and uh, you sort of look, it's, uh, you know, obviously you took a little bit of a challenging uh, path into the tournament, and then, you know, looking through the games, it was not uh, not a cakewalk to get all the way even to the finals. A couple one-goal wins and then a, a penalty shootout uh, in the semifinals uh, to get by uh, Notre Dame of Fairfield. What was sort of the confidence level like uh, of your team heading into that final after sort of, uh, you know, getting your way through a couple tight games? The experience of the prior two finals really helped us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. The players weren't overwhelmed with the prospect of being in the state final. Uh, for all of them, it was their third final. Right. So it was another game. It just happens to be in the tournament where you're one and done. And uh, at this point, they recognized that there was a chance that you know we could win a title outright. We shared with our one of our sister schools here on the shoreline, Old Saybrook, last year. And, you know, you don't like to share, but you will take a state title when yes, you get it. Absolutely. And uh, they felt almost like this could be a redemption for them because going back to the regular season, we didn't play well, we couldn't finish, and for a variety of reasons. And uh, it was just a confidence and excitement to be there again when a lot of people were not even considering we could make, you know, last two games in the tournament. So uh, they came out with focus and a desire to really make an impact. So and yeah. make a name, and the seniors make that name for themselves with our program. Right. Yeah, and uh, and then obviously the 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 tight win, uh, you know, kind of uh, continue. <clears throat> excuse me, continuing the. Um, the sort of uh, tenacity, uh, if storyline, if you will, coming through with the the victory in overtime, and what was sort of your, I mean, obviously, I, I assume that you know, just incredible excitement. But what was sort of the, just your feeling when that game was over, uh, and kind of taking stock of what uh, what the team had been able to accomplish? Uh, I'll tell you, it took a couple weeks to really realize what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say a shock, but just. It's a whirlwind two weeks when you get to the finals. You're, you're squeezing five games into about 13 days. Right. And uh, as a coach, you know, the prior four games, you celebrate that win for about five, ten minutes. Once you go through the handshakes and get everybody calmed down back on the bus and heading back to where you got to go, you start thinking, okay, where are we going to go next? Right. <laughs> and to get to that game and win it and then realize there's no more next, it was – uh, a, a funny feeling. It took me a, a week to two to really soak in the events and just say, wow, uh, to have this happen for my team, uh, to have the girls who play in my program be able to enjoy the success and have a fantastic run. Uh, you know, During the run, I kept saying, boy, this is a great story, guys. What's the next, next chapter going to be? Right. And uh, it just kept getting better and better. So uh, they they really stepped forward and put their best foot forward and uh, just tremendously proud of the teamwork that they did. Uh, at the end of regulation in the finals, I had two starters come up to me and say, Coach, I need a break. Mm-hmm. And for me as a coach to have somebody do that to have the trust in their teammates that they knew they could take a break and there would be no letdown. Uh, it, it's humbling to have yeah. that happen, you yeah. know, because we all, as coaches or as players, you know, before I went into coaching, you always dream of that 
you're playing in the finals overtime, you make that basket or you score that goal or make that play that wins that championship. And to have two of your players realize that they needed a break and weren't going to try to be the heroes and got it out. They just let their teammates help carry them because that was always been the theme with our, we try to present that theme in our program. You give your best. And when you need a break, we have somebody else to step in. And those girls believed it. Uh, they lived it. So it was very humbling to, uh, to realize, you know, the magnitude of, of those statements, not just one, but two players. And the, the, the confidence that it gave the subs. Right. Yeah. I can't, can't you know, to see the, the look, there's a look that they get like, oh, my God. They believe in me, and it just transcended through the whole team. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's remarkable. Is it? It's uh, certainly the sort of the sort of spirit uh, that that you you'd like to have in a team, and it took you kind of a, a circuitous route to to maybe get to that place. But uh, you, you talked about you know you talking to them about the story, you know, and writing the chapter. Do do you feel like they had a sense of? You know, and obviously, you know, teams have gone on unlikely runs in the tournament. That in itself isn't isn't always that unique. But uh, do, do you think did they have a sense of sort of what a you know kind of incredible turnaround this was, or was it just sort of the you know the the act of getting all the way to the finals regardless? Do you, do you think that they had a, a feeling of kind of just how sort of unique a story this was that they were putting together? Um, you know, I think when you're you're going through it, you may not really. Uh, understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always that friendly competition on, between the classes. You know, my group is better than your group. Um, but I, you know, I just get back to the, the senior leadership here and uh, them wanting to have something different and make an impact. Yeah. And I think after the third game, once we beat East Hampton, uh, they started to see a lot of this is. This is fun. This is different. You know, a lot different than the regular season. So. Yeah. No. Well, it, uh, I, I know certainly as a, as an observer of all of the tournaments and, and everything, it was certainly a story that that jumped out at us uh, here. And and I, uh, you know, not that it needs an exclamation point, but I've I've spent a little bit of the last couple of months doing the research, and I've now at least of all of the data we have available to us, the the twenty ninth seed is the the lowest seed that's ever won any CIAC tournament. So we can. Uh, at least as far as we're aware, that's uh, the a little bit of little bit of added history that uh, that your girls were able to put together. So that's kind of a a fun footnote, hopefully for you all. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, and to talk with us. And, and congratulations to you and your team on just a, a remarkable uh, remarkable conclusion to the season. Thank you, Joel, very much. Thanks very much to Coach Booth for taking the time to chat with us. Really enjoyed hearing uh, the the conversation there. And it is sort of a, a great message for, I think, all the teams out there. You know, it is a new season once you get into that CIAC tournament. All of the things that took place during the regular season, can uh, you can wipe the slate clean and, and really focus and, and see what you can able are able to accomplish in that CIAC tournament competition. So really a great story there from Portland and I'm sure a run and a championship that uh, those players, and coaches and and that whole school and community are not going to forget for a long time. Really well done by them. We wrap things up this week with Sean Patrick Boley of the New Haven Register. The football season was a memorable one this past fall, and Sean is going to uh, get on the phone with us here and talk all about the things that stood out to him from the 2014 high school football season in Connecticut. We are joined now by Sean Patrick Boley of the New Haven Register and Game Time CT. He's going to help us uh, try to uh, put a little bit of a bow on the 2014 football season, which uh, concluded many weeks ago, but it's something we hadn't talked about on the podcast. I wanted to get uh, Sean's perspective on all that went down this past fall. Sean, thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, Joel. Much appreciated. Uh, happy uh, New Year. Happy New Year to you. But we're uh, we're turning the calendar back for at least one day here, and uh, <laughs> and trying to relive some of the things that, that that took place in 2014. So let's start off with the the championships themselves. Obviously, a, a unique year in in high school football in Connecticut with eight championship games this year, and uh, did end up having what turned out to be some very very exciting and competitive championship games. But wanted to just kind of get your your big impressions from that championship weekend in which eight uh, eight football champions were, were crowned in the state of Connecticut. Oh uh, yeah, no, it was a, it was a great uh, 
end to the high school season, which has been kind of, uh, for me at least, I've been kind of muddling through toward the end there. Um, and, uh, you know, despite the fact that we had eight champions and, uh, you know, and I've been kind of an, out, um, an outspoken critic against that kind of stuff, um, it was a, there were, we crowned some champions that were, and it was, there were some really exciting games. Mm-hmm. Um, like the St. Joe, uh, St. Joe's game. Um, the, uh, that was actually the first game I thought was going to be the, the best game, but it turned out being one of the the the, the biggest routes uh, on the, in the whole championship uh, week. Um, but uh, you know, you're talking about like the the, the Shelton Xavier game, mm-hmm. the Antonio Valley game, which is one of the best games I've ever seen, um, with Valley rallying from two touchdowns down late to uh, beat Antonio, which had won three straight titles in a row. Uh, and then you had the uh, the Brookfield Berlin game, which was a defensive slugfest. Um, it, it was an overall, you know, I mean, despite it was talking with eight champions, it was an overall good way to kind of end the season. Yeah, no, certainly, and uh, you know, we we were excited to see some some very competitive championship games. Any uh, any sort of big surprises for you from the championships? What uh, what, what kind of maybe happened? Uh, you mentioned that the the game that you thought might be uh, one of the more competitive that ended up not being. But what uh, anything else that sort of took you by surprise a little bit? Well, I mean, Xavier beating Shelton took me a little bit by surprise to be honest with you. I mean, I, I thought Shelton actually, you know beat uh, Xavier again. I, I was a little stunned that that Shelton actually fell behind this time and um, and and eventually lost to, to Xavier in overtime. I mean, not too surprised because look, those are very two very well matched teams. But uh, you know, I really thought this was Shelton's year to bring home a state championship. And, um, and you know, as for the rest, you know, Valley beating Antonio wasn't too much of a surprise. Me, I even thought Valley might even have a shot at midseason when I saw them play. Um, but uh, I thought, like I said, I thought the St. Joseph game. I thought St. Joseph Ledger was going to be a great game, but St. Joseph just really took it to uh, to Ledger and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, hats off to them. I I thought uh, that was going to be a great one, and I wasn't too surprised about how Southington beat up. On NFA, I, I think that was just a big coronation game for for Southington, um, as far as they were they were concerned. And um, you know, the, and the other one, I, I was not I was actually not not surprised that New uh, Canaan beat Darien because those two teams are just bitter bitter rivals. They've been just going back and forth. Yeah, no, it seems like uh, the way the last few years have shaken out, we can just uh, just get Darian and New Canaan to play, you know, a best-of-seven series or something. Uh, yeah. to, uh, just uh, the, the way they, they've yeah, uh, kind of been going back and forth against each other. You mentioned uh, the sort of coronation for Southington as we, as we move a little bit of um, – you know, out of just cha- the championship weekend specifically, but uh, you know, a lot of the, the the polls they ended up as the top team. Uh, you know, coming out of both the media and the coaches poll at the end of the season, is that uh, an assessment you agree with? Was that your takeaway from the year as well that they were sort of the uh, the the top team in the state? Yeah, I mean, we we we're kind of looking to see whether um, Darianne might be able to, to snatch the the number one title away from them. You know, just given who they played, and uh, you know, with a thirteen zero season, and um, but I, I I think that Southington, you know, from from wire to wire, was one of the best teams in the state, and one of the top two at least. And you know, I don't think any very many people are going to be swayed, um, even if Darian maybe did beat. Uh, New Canaan to to maybe snatch the number uh, no number one title, but at least try and make a case for it. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people kind of had their minds made up with uh, with Southern. I mean, and then let's be honest, it was an awesome team. And Jason Rose, quarterback, and Alex Jamel, and and you know, Matt Maxwell. And, um, you you mentioned some of those outstanding Southington players. Just cur- you know, sort of, uh, and I know uh, as as we are speaking here, you're putting together the. Uh, the New Haven Register's, uh, you know, all uh, all area team. Uh, I'm just curious, who were some of? If you sort of look back on the season, who are some of the the real standout players that kind of you felt left their mark on the uh, the 2014 season? Well, obviously the Southern kids, uh, they were tremendous all year. Um, Zach Allen from New Canaan was perhaps the best defensive player, and maybe even the best player uh, of the year. You know, maybe Jason Rose or something notwithstanding. Um, Mark Piccarello of Shelton had an outstanding year. Um, 
he was our MVP of our all area team, and uh, which is a New Haven Register coverage area. And he broke the whole Dan Orlovsky's record, um, all of his passing records as Shelton. He and he basically willed that team, which had some good players as well, but had some willed that team to the cusp of the state championship. And you know, had it not been for the fumble at the end of the game, um, at the end of regulation at the goal line. He, he probably would have taken him to the state championship. Although I kind of think maybe that might <laughs> that might have been a uh, not not exactly what happened at the end there, but who knows? And, and but uh, as far and then obviously the guys all from Xavier's like the defense uh, that Xavier had um, and the offensive lineman Tanner Kern, the offensive lineman uh, and their kicker um, Andrew Verry is about as automatic as, as it got this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, around the rest of the state, you know. Ledyard's Jojo Schumacher, and, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Ledyard's jo- Jojo Schumacher, um, and, you know, the Alex LaPolice from New Canaan, and Darian's great defensive ends, uh, Mark Ivanchik and, and, and George Reed. They were two of the best players in the state this year as well. And it was unfortunate that George Reed got hurt and tore the ACL toward the end of the season. Um, we didn't get to really see him play. Uh, on defense during the uh, during the state championship game, but right. those are some of the most standout guys to me. What about uh, sort of looking back? Uh, you know, we talked about obviously the the very exciting championship games. What were maybe you know just a a small handful of sort of the most memorable regular season games for you uh, this past year? Oh man, um, obviously the the Newtown and Sonia game at mid season was a great which which ended. And Sonia's um, that went streak short of Cheshire's record of 49 straight. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was one of the most memorable games. It was a well played defensive defensive battle and a really great football game and a great atmosphere. Yeah. Um, the the Valley Regional oh, Valley Regional uh, Morgan game at mid season where Valley you know came in looking like a juggernaut and, and Morgan gave him a, a fight. Um, and Valley prevailed six nothing, um, and, and they needed a couple of interceptions late. Uh, the FCAC championship game um, on Thanksgiving, which was a regular season game um, between Darian and New Canaan, where, where Darian was down, you know, twenty one points mm-hmm. and rallied to win in overtime to um, to win their first uh, FCAC title uh, in at least. Uh, what was it, since 2010, and it looked like they were going to go on and win all the states. That was a tremendous game, and then they just kind of willed themselves back into it. Um, um, so just kind of taking a you know broad broad picture, we sort of talked about some of the players and some of the teams and uh, and some of the games. What sort of was your, uh, you know, kind of overriding, um, you know, thing that you're going to remember, I guess, from the from the 2014 football season, sort of the bigger the biggest stories that uh, that you think came out of the year? Well, obviously, the uh, Ansonia Newtown game was one of those games uh, that was an event, and it transcended um, any one season. It was kind of like the culmination of four seasons of work, and, and could Ansonia break that uh, winning streak or at least tie it? And, and uh, that was probably one of the most memorable moments for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the the FCX championship game, uh, which I had mentioned, was you know another it was another season for Darian and Canada have battled. Um, you know. Southington and uh, you know the final uh, victory, the, the first state championship for Valley Regional. Um, you know it, it was a weird year. It was uh, obviously, like we mentioned before, it was an eight state championship year. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously that's going to stand out when I think of twenty fourteen. Sure. Nope. Um, you know, and that and, and you know there were a lot of people saying, well, we should stick with eight state champions, and I'm like, no, no, no. no. It was fun while we while it lasted, but uh, let, let's uh, let's get back to uh, you know real state champions let's go back to the four but you know those are the things that stick out in my mind i mean uh, just some of the extraordinary performances like picarillo and and zach allen and um it was uh it wasn't one of my favorite years i i've been on record saying that but you know it it had its moments and yeah no certainly a lot of uh, a lot of interesting and as you said you know the the uniqueness of the of the championship format this year but uh, a lot of great performances as you said and a lot of great uh 
a lot of great games and, and some really excellent championship teams, I think, uh, as all things were said and done. So, Sean, uh, we, we appreciate you uh, diving back into your memory banks a little bit and, uh, and trying to remember what happened uh, almost uh, over a month ago now. So, uh, and uh, you do such a great job keeping track of things for the, the New Haven Register and Game Time CT. So keep a lookout for all. Uh, they're still doing some, some football content coming out uh, uh, probably later this week. So keep an eye out yes. on that. And uh, we appreciate you uh, checking in with us as always. Thanks a lot, Joel. I appreciate it. Thanks very much to Sean Boley taking the time. We always like talking to him and getting his perspective. Certainly never shy with opinions is Sean Boley for those who have read his writing online and uh, in the register, and they do a great job covering high school football there and keeping tabs on all of the great action and stories that uh, that take place. Encourage folks to check out their great work uh, recapping the high school football season and the championship weekend in particular. A lot of great stuff there on Game Time CT uh, as well. So thank you to all of our guests this week, Alex Ostberg, Sandy Booth, and Sean Boley. Really enjoyed this kind of brief recap of the 2014 fall championships. Just a few of the stories. Obviously, there were a lot of great stories and encourage folks to check out the Tournament Central where we have a bunch of stories. We have the story, the newspaper story from every fall championship so encourage folks to check that out and uh, really just a, a wonderful fall season we really enjoyed it and now as I mentioned next podcast we'll start looking into the winter season really get to dig our teeth into what's been happening in the winter season some of the great stories that are taking place now after we've turned the calendar back a little bit so that's going to do it for this week's edition of the CIAC cast. As always, check us out on Twitter at CIAC Sports, Facebook.com slash CIAC Sports, CIAC Sports.com. Those are the great places you can keep tabs on what's happening with the CIAC with high school sports in Connecticut. As always, I'm Joel Cookson. We thank you very much for being with us. Hope you'll join us again next time for the next edition of the CIAC cast. Mm-hmm.